the Pharmacy Podcast Show, the leading word in pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at www.pharmacypodcast.com. Hello, my name is Ned Milankovic with Retzel and Andrus, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey there, pharmacy community. This is Todd Urey, the host of the Pharmacy Podcast, and uh, bringing you a guest today. Been very much looking forward to interviewing. Um, he's very well known within the pharmacy industry. He has been published in several uh, very prominent magazines, including Drug Topics. Mr. Ned Milankovic. Um, Ned, uh, how are you doing today? Hello, Todd. Thank you very much. Happy to be here uh, and joining you today on the, on the Pharmacy Podcast. So, Ned, you are very unique uh, in the industry. You are a lawyer and a pharmacist, and you being, bring a perspective to the industry, especially in some of the stories that you've covered um, that I think is pretty special. So what I want to do is let the listeners know um, your background, a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into um, just a general discussion. I'm going to try to pick your brain to help many of our listeners out um, to understand the world uh, that we, of course, are all in today, which is pharmacy industry, but um, more specifically uh, with you, uh, background on Medicare Part D, 340B issues, HIPAA compliance, uh, uh, many different things that we can go into. So uh, the show is all yours, Ned. Uh, give us a, a background on yourself. Well, thanks, Todd, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your pharmacy podcast and um, to share some of my experiences as a pharmacist attorney. Um, I started out my career as a pharmacist, uh, worked for almost 10 years uh, in uh, two, uh, two very prominent uh um, medical centers. Uh, thereafter, I uh, after I earned my PharmD, I decided to go to law school and uh, graduated back in 2000. Uh, my focus has always been on um, coupling the pharmacy background with the law, and uh, of course, that's exactly what I did. Uh, today, I am the uh, practice group manager for the drug and pharmacy space with the law firm of Retzel and Andress. Uh, Retzel is uh, uh, an AMLA 200 law firm uh, with uh, clients all along the supply chain in the drug and pharmacy space, as well as we are a, a very uh, sizable and significant uh, general practice law firm. And we, we have 13 offices uh, um, in, in various cities, uh, New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C. Uh, we have a lobby arm in Washington, D.C., um, heavy presence in Ohio, and in Florida, um, but of course, uh, many of us have a national practice and uh, avail ourselves to clients all across the United States. So that, that's uh, sort of where I've, I've come from and, and what, I've, what I'm doing in a nutshell. So, so many things have, uh, have been kind of going on um, in our industry. We have uh, laws coming up to kind of uh, redefine compounding pharmacy and uh, regulation changes um, the specialty pharmacy market, Ned, as you know, is uh, very much exploding. Um, there are um, obviously a continued churn um, to understand ethical issues in uh, pharmacy. And I think, uh, you know, law obviously comes into this and plays a, a big part of it. Um, I want to just uh, let the listeners know how, um, how do you uh, find the type of cases and the type of attention and what you actually pay attention to within your professional uh, world um, that 
basically can trickle down and affect all of us within the pharmacy industry? No doubt. Uh, there is um, there are all kinds of issues out there uh, that are that are percolating and developing on a daily basis. And uh, obviously, as a, as a pharmacist attorney, um, part of what I do um, requires me to have my ear to the ground uh, at all times on issues that are relevant to, um, to, to pharmacies, to uh, even those further up the supply chain, wholesale distributors, uh, manufacturers, uh, even technology companies that support the, the, the supply chain. Um, we obviously have a significant team of lawyers uh, in the drug and pharmacy practice here at Retzel, and uh, we're involved in all aspects. Uh, we're involved in uh, purchase and sales of business enterprises, uh, litigation, uh, government investigations, particularly with respect to um, DEA, um, FDA on the federal level, um, obviously State Board of Pharmacy issues, uh, state level. Uh, and then we're also involved in government compliance, regulatory compliance, making sure that our clients are um, are going to be doing the right thing so that they don't run afoul of the law. And uh, I, you know, being a, a pharmacist attorney and a, and a columnist with drug topics, uh, it's particularly important that I be abreast of all of the different issues that serve um, in, in our industry space. Uh, as well, uh, I sit on the Illinois State Board of Pharmacy in my capacity as a pharmacist. So um, I have a regulatory obligation with respect to the citizens uh, of Illinois um, and protecting the, the health and welfare of, 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 of those citizens uh, and, and, and making sure that our pharmacies in the state are, uh, are doing the right thing. Um, when it comes to compounding, obviously it's a very, very hot issue. Uh, in the wake of the NECC debacle and uh, other uh, issues that have surfaced that have drawn the ire and attention of the Food and Drug Administration. Um, we're looking at obvious legislation in the, at, on Capitol Hill that's going to impact uh, a lot of players. Uh, we're also looking at track and trace uh, at the federal level. Um, and that is uh, at the forefront and has been for, for nearly a decade. Uh, where drugs are going to have to be uh, accounted for all along the supply chain from the moment they leave a manufacturer to the point where they're at a wholesaler's, if they're being touched upon by a third-party logistics provider, on down to the pharmacies, whether they be a retail, a specialty, a mail order, a long-term care pharmacy, uh, all of these individual players are going to have to have a stake in it. Um, we're seeing a lot of activity at the DEA level continually to prevent drug diversion. Um, we're seeing the evolvement of specialty pharmaceuticals that are high-touch uh, drugs that require a lot of adherence and compliance and follow-up by pharmacies. And there's, there's a tension, obviously, with the laws and with what is going on in the real world, in the real pharmacy world. And sometimes what we're finding is that the laws are not uh, keeping up with progress, both with respect to technology innovations, uh, delivery of patient care, uh, all of these things are, are, are being hampered in some respects because the laws just aren't moving fast enough to keep up with a lot of the things that are uh, going on uh, on the ground. So there's, there's always some sort of tension. Um, 
we see a lot of that, particularly with technology, uh, where um, we have the technological advancements in the industry that enable patients better access, more secure access to uh, their prescription drugs, yet the laws in several states um, simply don't permit the types of uh, technological support mechanisms that are available in the marketplace. So it's always something new and interesting, and um, there are obvious things that we can talk about specifically. Uh, but in general, um, you know, we don't always pick the issues. The issues come to us. Uh, where stakeholders uh, are being met with some sort of uh, some sort of uh, uh, resistance, if you will, in order to uh, to practice pharmacy. Right, and I I wanted to bring uh, the um, the subject back. Something you me- you mentioned: federal track and trace legislation. Um, the House uh, HR Bill one nine one nine nineteen nineteen, and um, tell us. Uh, a lot of my listeners are pharmacy owners, uh, even though this is a, a you know industry-wide pharmacy podcast. But nonetheless, um, you also mentioned technology. So I understand um, there is ways to monitor uh, much of what a uh, pharmacist, pharmacy owner, uh, even a technician through the process of a prescription from the beginning to the actual uh, dispensement and even tracking but uh, tell us how this HR nineteen nineteen trickles down to um, a pharmacy owner and a pharmacist, and what that means for them and their business. Well, um, whether whether it's HR nineteen nineteen or 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 Senate uh, Bill nine fifty nine or HR thirty two hundred four or any of the other um, iterations that are uh, being uh, kicked around uh, in Congress, um, the Sort of the common theme, if you will, is that uh, whether you are a uh, the first or the last uh, to receive the drug in the in the supply chain, um, you will be foisted upon with um, various obligations, um, and these obligations um, relate to record keeping, uh, and also they relate to vigilance. Uh, and when necessary, uh, reporting requirements to the government. So um, how onerous those tasks will be uh, remains yet to be seen. Um, we do have the, the, the leading piece of legislation, uh, the last I heard, was H.R. 3204. And H.R. 3204 is a, an interesting uh, piece of federal legislation because uh, what they've done is they've taken the compounding portion related to uh, the NECC and, and other uh, compounding pharmacy concerns, and they have coupled that theme with track and trace. Uh, and so what we have now is H.R. 3204, which has been passed by the House of Representatives, And the Senate is now uh, taking it up for debate. Um, It it is my understanding that it would have already been passed by the Senate uh, and sent over to the president for for signature into law. uh, But for Senator Vitter out of Louisiana, who has been um, staunchly opposed to the Affordable Care Act and, and who is introducing uh, legislation 
and bolting it on to the track and trace bill and the compounding bill. Um, and that has been held up now in the Senate for several weeks. Um, so it is really day by day, but if H.R. 3204 is passed, and some people believe that it will be passed either this week, that is the week before Thanksgiving in 2013, um, or perhaps the week of Thanksgiving, or even the week after Thanksgiving, uh, then it would be a fait accompli at that point, and the obligations would um, have to be lived up to by uh, by all the parties, including pharmacies. Uh, and again, the the devil is in the details yet, uh, but there are going, there's going to be an implementation time frame uh, wherein all parties, including pharmacies, will have to um, get on the same page with the law and make sure that they have uh, certain validating uh, documentation uh, with respect to each and every drug that they receive into their pharmacy, that it is from a, from a secure supply chain that is not being introduced uh, out of the gray market or perhaps from some uh, third third party country that is not uh, approved to uh, to list and, and register the drug product with the FDA uh, the whole the whole track and trace um, um, paradigm is is a long-standing uh, desire to uh, to secure the supply chain of, of medications to make sure that the drugs that are being sold to the to the American public are not being uh, diverted in from unauthorized makers and sellers of the drug. And really, uh, a lot of this has been an issue for a while, but with the Internet, uh, we have seen uh, a dramatic increase in um, prescription drug sales that are, frankly, um, unsubstantiated. We don't know where these drugs are coming from. And so the effort has been longstanding. The resistance has been uh, one of, um, of onerousness uh, and costs associated with implementation. Um, but I think it's come to the point now where uh, several of the stakeholders may actually be in favor of this. Congress is obviously concerned about the safety of the drug supply chain, um, and sometimes the issues even get confused because track and trace um, technically is a separate subject from compounding, uh, but nevertheless, they're being obviously coupled together in a piece of legislation that is going to um, going to change the way people practice. Well, uh, Ned, you bring a very unique and valuable perspective um, to the show. I want to let the listeners know we are inviting uh, Ned back to um, to give us updates ongoing, uh, and we're excited about um, you know having Ned give us some insight to things that are uh, deep into process and uh, coming out of new regulations, new laws, and um, his background in law as well as pharmacy, is, uh, is quite valuable. So I thank you, Ned. So uh, we were listening to um, an interview with Mr. Ned Milankovic. Uh, he is a uh, pharmacist as well as a uh, practicing lawyer. Um, very interesting background. Um, Ned, we, we hope to have you back uh, in the soon future. Thank you very much, Todd. I appreciate the opportunity to be uh, on the Pharmacy Podcast and uh, I look forward to joining you again. Thank you. Thank you. And we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.